Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check us out on Five Reasons YouTube. Royal Shepherd, their host, posts up 5R as soon as the game ends. You're going to make sure to catch that little different perspective than we give you here. Also, before floor, an hour before every game. Greg and I are on that one along with Brady and others like Jonathan Ramlikan and Ricky J. Mark and, and Tony Schwartz. So make sure you check us out there and five reasons sports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. The latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others got a ton of dolphins content uh, and also Marlins content that's been going up there as well. So five reasons sports.com. We do not have a paywall. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network, our official fantasy partner, no NBA for a couple of days, but it's coming back with a play-in. But we got MLB going on. We got NHL's got a couple weeks left in the season. You could have played the Masters this weekend. It's prizepicks.com. Make sure you're using that code 5FIVE. It's the code 5FIVE. You get your initial deposit matched up to $100. We're getting more signups than ever before, okay? There's a reason for that. This is the easiest one to play of all of them. You get your money quickly. They give you a bunch of free props all the time. You can play two, three, four, five players, flex play, power play. Go to prizepicks.com. Use that code F-I-V-E, F-I-V-E at prizepicks.com. And now, tonight's episode. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I've got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. His appearances are sponsored by Eric Rubenstein. We'll tell you more about him a little bit later. The Miami Heat finished their regular season tonight, losing to the Orlando Magic. Uh, only a couple of rotation players played tonight. Uh, what we anticipate to be rotation players, Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson. Uh, they were not the story. Victor Oladipo was the story. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists in 35 minutes of play tonight, which is one of the topics that we're going to get into. Um, but also just for big picture here, the heat finished 53 and 30 and excuse me, 53 and 29. They locked up the one seed a couple of days ago. The other happenings in the Eastern conference. And we are going to talk a lot about this today. The Boston Celtics decided to play to win today in Memphis. Memphis didn't need the game. Boston finishes second in the East, pretty remarkable comeback from where they were about two months into the season. The Milwaukee Bucks decided not to play to win. They decided to drop into the three seed. And trust me, it was a choice, okay, to drop into the three seed so they could face what looks like the most fraudulent team in the entire Eastern draw, the Chicago Bulls, who are the sixth seed. The four seed will be the Philadelphia 76ers, who didn't play Embiid tonight, but wouldn't have mattered. Uh, Embiid finishes winning the scoring title. They're the four seed against one of the best stories in the East. And I'm glad one of my, my two big bets in the preseason were Tyler Hero for six man of the year and the Toronto Raptors to go over 38 wins. Uh, that one worked out pretty well. The Raptors finished fifth in the Eastern Conference. 
Great job by Nick Nurse that's gone sort of under the radar this year. The Bulls will be six, as I said. Then Bulls will open against Milwaukee. The seven seed going into the play-in on Tuesday night will be the Brooklyn Nets, the team that everybody's afraid of. They somehow gave up 124 to Indiana today. Uh, they are seven seed. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the eight seed. They still don't have Jared Allen back. That play-in will be in Brooklyn on Tuesday for all three Brooklyn fans. And then the 9-10 game will be between the Atlanta Hawks at nine still don't have John Collins back and the Charlotte Hornets who have basically shelved Gordon Hayward for the next two weeks, which looks like the rest of the season, the winner for people who don't understand how it works. The winner of the seven, eight game is the seven seed will play against now the Boston Celtics in the series. The loser will face the winner of the nine, 10 game. And then that, that matchup will end up being on Friday night. So the heat will not have their first round opponent known until Friday night. The other news item today is that Bam Adebayo has been put into health and safety protocols. And he, that means he's going to be out at least five days. It appears, um, or, or unless he gets a couple of negative tests. And so again, Bam, I feel like Bam's had COVID four times. I remember he had it going into the bubble, uh, that Bam is, is going to be away from the team, during the start of practices. But again, I would not anticipate that the heat practice Monday anyway, most likely would start Tuesday and they can't really drill down on an opponent until practice on Saturday. Bam could be back for that one. All right. So let's get to it. Um, Greg to you. We're going to talk about Oladipo and we're going to talk about the heat. I want to talk about big picture of the Eastern conference, the significance of where teams, uh, what teams decided to do here over the last four days. Cause I think some of it, is indicative of how they feel about their teams uh, and also how, how the bracket set up for the heat set up about as perfectly as it could have been so far. I mean, obviously there's some things that we need to see how they play out, but I think if you asked heat fans to keep Boston and Milwaukee on the opposite end of the bracket, just holistically, that's a good thing to, uh, to look at overall. I also think Milwaukee sliding into the three spot which they like looked like they deliberately did today essentially just shelving the ability to win that game so that the you know kind of uh relinquishing that two seed and we can ask the reasons why but um we can say it's avoiding brooklyn but it also i mean now they could play a game seven on the road in boston so i feel like for miami in terms of the teams that i felt like were the biggest threats to miami advancing milwaukee being that team really uh, there's just additional challenges. I like their matchups against Philadelphia and Toronto in the second round. Um, so, you know, we still got to see the play and stuff. Obviously Brooklyn um, projects to beat Cleveland in that game and move into the seventh seed. And I think Boston Brooklyn is a real fun series. Uh, but ultimately, like, I think that no matter what, eat, the only thing is if Brooklyn falls to the eighth spot, could this not be the absolute perfect scenario for the heat from a seeding perspective? Yeah. And to that end, Brady, let's start with the bucks. Okay. Because the bucks made a choice. I mean, clearly they made a choice. They were not going to compete for the number two spot. Like they didn't want to deal with the nets. I, I wonder if that matchup that they had about a week ago uh, scared them a little bit in terms of that. But here's my thing. They're the defending champions. I mean, they should think they're better than everybody else. And and they just got Brooke Lopez back, who this was the whole thing this year. They don't have Brooke. He's looked pretty good, actually, recently. He's rounding into shape. Like, why would they not? If you were them, would you have preferred, what Greg's talking about, to have a game potential game seven 
in the second round, what could be a hotly contested matchup, possibly with Rob Williams back for Boston. Um, wouldn't you rather have the game seven at home against the Celtics and open at home against the Celtics than then sort of trade out of the nets in the first round so that you get Atlanta or Charlotte or Cleveland or no? I would say I'll make the argument against it just because it's partly that they're trying to avoid Brooklyn, we can say, but it's also that they're falling into a three seed that's probably playing the easiest matchup in the playoffs in the Chicago Bulls. Like this is a, probably one of the easiest six, uh, three matchups that there is. So I think that's kind of partly comes into it. But uh, I think the way that Milwaukee feels is if they're fully healthy from their perspective, that maybe they won't need a game seven. Like, I guess that's kind of their perspective on it. Uh, but I think it does still say stuff like, it wasn't even on them because if Boston lost their game, which was going to be hard to do, even if they sat their guys, Memphis sat all of their guys. So they would have landed in the two and would have had to play Brooklyn, but it was just really unlikely. Uh, I don't know if it had as much to do with, it was just too good of a scenario. I feel like to lose that game, in my opinion, like they didn't even give Drew holiday 20 seconds. They gave him eight. So he could get immediately out of that game and didn't risk anything. Uh, So it's interesting from Miami's perspective, I second all the things Greg was just saying. Uh, this is best case scenario. The fact that you can have Milwaukee, Boston, and Brooklyn shelved until the Eastern Conference Finals is just kind of the ultimate scenario. Uh, we said it before, like Toronto or Philly, you feel comfortable either way. Like we said Toronto, you try to avoid them if in a first-round series because they're just that gritty group. But you said they, they can handle them, but it's just that they could give you trouble. In a second-round series – that's an ultimate type of thing. You're not, this isn't a ramp up process anymore. Now this is a real series. Uh, and I still, I don't trust Philly all the way that uh, I can highly see a Toronto upset on Philly just because first Hell of yeah. all, we were talking about from Miami's, Miami's perspective that uh, they can bother Jimmy with length. We've seen in that Philly Toronto game recently, they can bother James Harden with length, uh, And they probably have more big bodies to throw at Joel Embiid than anybody in this East. So uh, I think this definitely is the ultimate setup, but now, we can't go too far with saying the Brooklyn still has to win the seven, eight. Like this still is a single elimination game. Like they have to win it at home. Uh, and then I'd say in that nine, 10, if you're watching it from a heat's perspective, you got to be rooting for Charlotte. If, yeah. if Brooklyn wins their game, because if they can run the table and somehow get hot on a two game stretch, that's the best scenario for Miami. All right. A couple of things. First, I'm glad you corrected me. Milwaukee wouldn't have seen those three teams that they did it to see Chicago, which I think we've all agreed is the softest of the top seven teams by far uh, in terms of what you're looking at. A couple of things here, though. Uh, one, my prediction is the Heat are going to see Atlanta in the first round. I, I just think that's where this is trending. I, I think Cleveland loses twice. Um, they don't have Jared Allen. I mean, to me, at this, I mean, this win today over Milwaukee, I mean, I, I know that, that John Hollinger's trumping it, uh, you know, as this or, or touting it as this great thing because Kevin Lug proves he should be sixth man of the year. I mean, again, Milwaukee was trying to lose the game. So I, I don't, I, you know, Cleveland has had trouble writing itself for a while. I think they've played above their heads this year already, but without Jared Allen, they're, they're just, they're just not the same team um, to me. And, and they haven't really been the same since Ricky Rubio went out, honestly, off their bench, who was a big factor for them. So I, I, I think that I think Cleveland or Charlotte would both be preferable for Miami at this stage. Um, I think it's going to be Atlanta though. I, I think when you look at Atlanta's going to beat Charlotte at home, I believe that. And then I think Atlanta goes into Cleveland after Cleveland loses to Brooklyn. And let's be honest, if Brooklyn can't win that game, if they're trying to win that game, I will say this again. What is everybody so afraid of? I mean, if you can't beat that team at home, 
uh, in a situation to stay out of a do or die situation, you're just not that good. And, and I, I still wonder if they're that good. I understand the idea that one guy can beat you in, but look, this isn't hockey. Okay. This is not like, you know, you get a hot goalie and he just carries you like Kevin Durant can do certain things by himself. LeBron James played at a pretty damn high level this year, averaging 30 points a game and his team like didn't make the play in. Okay. One guy only takes you so far. Two guys together can only take you so far. If you're not getting anything, anything, anybody else and whatever you got from Bruce Brown or Patty Mills or Seth Curry, I mean, spare me. I'm sorry. They have no interior defense. They don't rebound. Um, they seem listless. They have, in my view, and I'm, I was a big fan of him as a player. In my view, they have the worst coach of the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, go through it. Spoh's better. Um, Adoka is, has proven to be better this year. Billy Donovan is better. Okay, he maximized that group this year as much as he could. Uh, Nick Nurse is significantly better. We can joke about Doc. Maybe he's in the same conversation. I, I would still take Doc over Nash at this stage, okay, unless he's got a 3-1 lead. Um, Bickerstaff had a strong season this year. They're all better. I think Borrego's better. They're all better. Okay, they're all better. I think McMillan's better. <laughs> okay, so, like, they, they don't have – they're not they're not particularly well coached. It just seems to be give the ball to Kevin and get out of the way. Um, I mean, their whole offense is ISO. They're number one in ISO possessions this year. We know in the playoffs, yes, you got to be able to get your shot, but you also got to be able to move the ball. I, I think everybody is totally overrating what they are. With that said, would you rather face, you know, Charlotte or Cleveland in them? Yes. Would you rather face the Hawks? Probably. But that to me is a little bit of a be careful what you wish for situation. Miami will handle the Hawks, but they'll get, they may get a couple games and they might. Okay. They have, there's enough personnel there. They spread the floor. They shoot it. Trey, we saw the other night can get hot. Bogdanovich is a quality player. Gallinari will have a moment. They're going to miss John Collins. Okay. But they have a pretty good interior player in Capella. They're not bad. Okay. They're not, and they went all, I know it was fluky. I get it last year, but they did go to Easter conference finals last year. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I five, you know, Probably, probably might be hitting six, <laughs> might be hitting six. Okay. It'll be on NBA TV or Nickelodeon or Peacock or something like that. But like, uh, it's going to be more competitive. I think that people are giving it credit for. And I don't think that it's that big a difference between the Nets and the Hawks. I just, I don't, I think the difference between the Hawks and Charlotte is actually greater. Um, and, and maybe even at this stage with Cleveland banged up, maybe the difference between the Hawks and Cleveland uh, is is greater. I think the Nets and the Hawks are the two best of those playing teams. All right. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about specific situations with the Heat. We will get into Oladipo. We need to. Uh, it's um, look. I mean, it's funny because I, having conversation with a couple of the Heat beat guys, they were saying this sort of Eric Spolster's worst nightmare was that Oladipo went off here in a game and kind of forced his hand a little bit, and that's what happened. But I'm I'm going to tell you why I don't think it's as significant. As, as others are making it out to be tonight. And it's nothing personal against Vic, uh, but I, I think some people are missing the boat here. I do want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I mentioned uh, him earlier. He's a personal injury attorney. He can handle everything from slip and falls, medical malpractice, car accidents. Eric Rubenstein, okay? You can reach out to him at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC, E-R-I-C. That's Eric with a C, not a K, like, not like the head coach. Or at Ask About Me, I Got You on Instagram. Check out the Instagram account. Just do yourself a favor. Uh, it's one of the most entertaining Instagram accounts that you'll find. I uh, graduate Magda Kamladi down here in South Florida at St. Thomas University. So he's a local guy. 
Uh, he's got a master's from BU up in Boston, went to FSU. Don't hold it against him. Okay. But he's a huge Miami sports fan. He grew up in a personal injury uh, law family. And again, he can handle everything from car accidents to slip and falls to medical malpractice. He will get you your money. That's what you want when you're hiring a personal injury attorney. So reach out to him at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC. Check him out on Instagram at askaboutmeigotyou. All right, let's um, let's get to the depot question. And look, we 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 wrote him out of the rotation because the Heat wrote him out of the rotation, <laughs> and and this was a conversation that was had with other members, you know, players on the Heat. Okay, about the direction to go, and the direction to go was we're going to go back to what was working. Nothing personal against Gabe. They're all I'm mean, excuse me against Vic. They're all rooting for Vic. They like Vic. They know Vic's talent, but it just didn't fit. Okay, and it was sort of force fed. And so it was go back to Gabe, Max to the starting lineup. Caleb gets back in when he gets in, and Vic is kind of on the outside. Then Vic puts up a 40-point game tonight, most points by any Heat player, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, a couple of steals. He's made something like 70% of his threes in the last two games, which is not supposedly the strong suit uh, that he brings. My thing, though, I'll go to Brady on this first. My thing is this. Vic did what he did. I think it's great. Vic did what he did tonight. And I think he showed that he can be maybe, a you know, a top three player on a team at some point here. But the problem is Vic did it because the ball's in his hands. <laughs> and and that's that's the issue. So, I mean, I don't think there's any question that Victor Oladipo's upside is higher than Gabe Vincent. And probably right now he's a better basketball player than Gabe Vincent. OK, even at this stage. But Gabe, if Gabe plays, he's just going to basically set guys up, play defense get off the ball. He doesn't need it in his hands all the time. He's not going to be forcing the action. It's, it's not talent. It's, it's just fit where I feel like Spolster is going to stay with Gabe at the beginning of the playoffs. And then we're going to hear the fans getting furious if Gabe has a couple of bad shooting nights, but I still think that's the direction that they're going to go. Cause I just don't, we just haven't seen Vic look comfortable for particularly with Jimmy. I, I think that's the big thing. He, he kind of is the Jimmy replacement more than anything else. And also he hasn't looked particularly comfortable at times with Tyler. Um, and, and it yeah. looks now like it was more him trying to back off a little bit. And I, you know, more so than it was physical limitations, but Brady, I don't know that that changes now just because he scored 40. This show is sponsored by better help. What's the first thing you do. If you had an extra hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, you, you hit on it right there when you said nobody was questioning his talent. Like, we know the guy's talented. He was a second overall pick. Uh, he was an all-star. Like, we know the level he could play at injury or not. Uh, the question is just, with limited games played on a very small sample size, can he fit in with a number one seed that is rolling and get ready for the playoffs? Uh, and I think right now that was the question, that when that started to happen, they go on a four-game losing streak. I don't think that's why they went on a four-game losing streak, but I think it's part of it that it was a confidence thing. I still think about when I asked Tyler that one game about playing the difference in playing next to Depot and Gabe. And one of the first things he said is, we're just trying to, I'm just trying to get Depot going. Uh, that's the issue to me. Like they, it felt like when you mentioned trying to finish a Jimmy or, or Tyler, they were just trying to get him going in a game where he has the ball in his hands. Like you just mentioned against the Orlando magic, when he's the primary guy on the floor, he can get himself going because he can pretty much create all he wanted. Uh, I think there was positive things to take away from this game for him individually. Like uh, the burst is still getting there. Like if we're talking about him potentially coming back maybe next year, uh, the question was, can he get by his guy on the perimeter? Can he drive right by him and maybe get to the rim? I saw plenty of times where he was kind of blowing by that initial defender and kind of forcing rotations on the backside. That's an important element. Uh, I think a lot of his shots are some create like crazy shot creating step backs, but there were some moments in there where he's actually running pick and rolls and having that pull up abilities, making skip passes out of it. Like that's the talent that we know is there. The question is, I think there were too many times when he's playing and it was kind of forced and there was turnovers starting to happen because I feel like it's not only them trying to feed him the ball, but it's him trying to get Tyler going in his spots that uh, that's the question here. Like, uh, and it's also, I've seen a lot, like you just mentioned the Gabe element and I see a lot of people talk about like Gabe should not be over Depot. I don't think it's going to be Gabe or Depot in a lot of series. Like we're talking about a rotation that a bench has Tyler uh, Duncan, whether you like it or not, Kayla Martin and, and Deadman. That's essentially your four-man bench unit right now. And maybe if Duncan continues to struggle, they okay, they can maybe pull that card out of nowhere. Uh, but it's not a Gabe over Depot thing. I think there's scenarios where Gabe could play. I think there's scenarios where Depot could play. If you're 1-1 uh, in a series and you kind of want to change the energy in, this, in their building in game three, maybe you throw Depot in there to see if he can make a play. But I think their role is pretty equal where it's not one or the other. Yeah, Greg, that's the thing, right? I mean, you know, they have 12 play. I mean, Morris is not going to be in the rotation, but they, they seem to have 12 playable guys right now, right? I mean, I think Yurt showed today why he's not necessarily yeah. playable this season, right? So so we're talking we're talking about 12 guys. They're they're not going to be not more than nine regular spots. And and the tendency may be to go to eight instead of nine. And so it may not be a Gabe or Vic thing. Brady's right. It might be a Duncan or Vic thing, which we know how the fans are going to come down on that one. But but Duncan's providing an element they don't have. See, that's the thing. Like with Vic, he does. He seems to do a lot of things well. And like I said, I, I feel like this was an audition for him to show a team that he can be like a top three scorer for them next year. But the Heat don't really need a top three scorer the way that they're con currently constructed. I, I think that's the issue for him, right? Yeah, no, that but I think that it's actually positive for the heat because 
for me, if I'm looking trajectory wise, Tyler Hero is going to start and then you're going to need a microwave off the bench so they could be Oladipo. So I see a path for him to still have a role. And that's why I took from this game a lot of positive stuff that doesn't but necessarily. This, but this postseason, Greg, I mean, because we've talked about oh. the Tyler, the Tyler card in their pocket. In Spolster's pocket, but I feel like Max, is, Max has that starting spot, at least for the, the beginning of the playoffs. Agreed. Agreed. Like, this is where I'm at with Oladipo in this playoff run. If we see Oladipo, like, just put it out there right now, that means that the Heat have gotten punched in the face a couple times, and, and Spolstra is forced to make multiple adjustments. So that means that Depot will not be adjustment one, nor two, and likely not adjustment three. So he will have gotten punched in the mouth several times to have to go to Oladipo. Um, and I just think, to your point, there's other guys that do that kind of stuff. So it's more likely he's going to shrink to seven. Uh, and again, go look at the box scores in 2020, guys. Like, that's the thing. I, I can't emphasize it enough. There was not nine half, guys basically. getting big. Yeah, basically. So that's where I'm at. Right. And, and the other part of this, like you mentioned, when Eric makes a move, there's always layers to the move. We talked about that with the last group of moves. So if you're going to put Oladipo in for Robinson, then part of what you've created, which is getting Duncan off the bench to create space for others, doesn't exist anymore. Then you need to give Struess more minutes, essentially, to create that kind of space, which you may not be comfortable doing at that stage. I, I really think, honestly, I think it comes down to how Max plays. I think if Max is struggling and he feels compelled to put Tyler into the starting lineup, because I think, at the, again, it depends where they're at in a series, but let's say because he, he, he could put Duncan in the starting lineup if, if like a series is they're up two one, but Max is not playing well. He could just go to Duncan and just they could run some of that stuff that they've run all of the years. If they're down in a series, and he's like, I need to get Tyler in the lineup. OK, I, I need just need I need as many Tyler minutes as I can possibly get. Then I could see it make you because you're not going to bring Struess off the bench with Robinson. So I could see him saying, OK, Max, you're out of the rotation, maybe. And Vic goes into the rotation to sort of run the second unit. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's more of a layers thing. But this idea of. I think that Heat fans have, which is too elementary, honestly, okay, and most of them are smarter than this because they they followed this team longer, but this idea of just put Oladipo in for Gabe or just put Oladipo in for Duncan when they do to two totally different – I mean, he and Duncan couldn't be more dissimilar in terms of the way that they play. Like, that's not what Eric's going to do. It, it, it would have – to me, it has to be we're going to push the Tyler card. Like, that's what it would has to be, and it has to be Max is just not cutting it. And, and I don't know that we've seen anything from Max since he's gotten the starting role that would indicate that he's not cutting it, right? I mean, but you never know. It's his first playoff run, and he could struggle. And if he does, I could see, okay, hero in, keep Duncan on the bench. You need a real energizer for the second unit. Gabe's not enough, so go to Vic. Like, that. that's the one scenario. The other scenario is something happens to Jimmy, and Jimmy gets hurt. And, and that's then I think they change their whole offensive flow and all that. All right, we're going to... We're going to talk about that anymore, please. <laughs> I know you don't want me to, but it's just something. Right, we're going to talk about the BAM thing here in a second. I know people wanted to get into Oladipo, and a lot of people probably differ because, again, I'm not diminishing anybody's opinion here, but if you just box score watching, I think we got to get beyond that with this team. This is it's an intricate team, the way that they've been put together. Dropping 40 is a great accomplishment for Vic from where he's been to where he is now. Deserves enormous credit. It does not, in my view, necessarily mean that he's all of a sudden going to get 25 minutes in the playoffs. Not not this year. Not this year. All right. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. 
This one is based up in Boca Raton, but they can service uh, all the counties down here. You got to reach out to Michael, Robert, and their team if you've got a disaster, okay? Like, say you're the Sacramento Kings of, you have the Sacramento Kings of houses right now, okay? You got water, you got mold, you got fire damage, all that stuff. You need a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor. Water Cleanup of Florida here for you 24 hours a day. Go to watercleanupflorida.com or give Michael a call on his personal cell, 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Again, Water Cleanup of Florida, licensed building contract. They provide A to Z service, one-stop shopping. So that business owners, excuse me, business owners and busy homeowners require. So they can handle commercial or residential. No need to bring in other contractors. They will clean up your mess for you. Again, give Michael a call 954-579-0356, watercleanupflorida.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right. Last part of this, a little bit of panic from Heat fans tonight. Understandably, um, BAM test positive. The uh, I don't even know what the rules are anymore. I mean, in society. So I, I don't have no idea what they are at the NBA at this stage. Um, I, I do know the five days seems to be the trigger here. So if he tested positive today, then you're looking Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, back with the heat on Friday. It does mean he'll probably miss three practices. Um, they don't really have anybody to replicate what he does in practice, especially if PJ Tucker is still on the mend. Um, and also they don't, you know, Dwayne Dedman's status still, still, you know, dealing with a bit of an injury. So they're a little short on bigs. I mean, if it's going to happen, Greg, this is the time for it to happen. It's, it's not ideal, but I, I don't think we're going to be Saturday night wondering whether Bam's going to play on Sunday. No, I, I don't either. Um, obviously let's just hope that everything continues to trend in that direction. Cause of some of this stuff, you know, it can change obviously quickly, but, um, to your point, I mean, we saw how quickly Spolster was back in the fold, right? So it's like Bam Adebayo went on the podcast tour to pump the the defensive player of the year stuff. Uh, you see, he went on, a, I saw like at least three different interviews with Bam Adebayo this past, in the last eight days. Um, so it's just, it's an unfortunate thing that he, he went on the media trail and, and, um, and I just hope he feels good. Uh, and, you know, I, ultimately, I don't expect him to miss sat, uh, Sunday. Um, you know, let's just hope that everything continues to pan out the way that it has, because um, like to your point, it feels like it's, this is like the fourth time we're talking about this. Yeah, it seems to happen with him all the time. I mean, again, it was him and Kendrick Nunn getting there late to the bubble. Remember that when you couldn't talk about it? Remember that it was like we knew for like two weeks who it was, but we didn't want to say Everybody is protecting everybody's privacy. A lot of things have changed here. Uh, Brady, how, how do they replicate his reps in practice? Can they? I want to say, first of all, I don't, you probably know more than me, but I don't see them practicing three times before Bam gets back. Like it feels like the no. trend they've been all season, <laughs> the maximum maybe two, like by the time Friday comes around that uh, I think Spo even said after the game, they're going to have a couple days rest before they ramp up a couple days could be two, but still, it just feels like, uh, the practices may not be that crazy. It may be type walkthrough type stuff, and it's not going to be game plan uh, <laughs> because we just went through the scenarios that they're not going to know till about, what, 1030 at, on Friday night that they're not going to be able to go through any game plan stuff till Saturday morning. So uh, at least he'll be back for that. Like, uh, I don't see him missing Sunday in any way or be lacking in that type of way that you're worried about how he's going to perform. Like, this is just, I feel like, one of those things uh, as long as he stays healthy throughout this process, it's just kind of the the normal uh, type of health and safety protocols. 
Uh, but the way that they replicate him, I, I feel like in the way, let's just say he does miss a game. Um, it's interesting because I could see, unless you're playing Cleveland, who's lengthy, where the situational guy that we keep talking about, Markeith Morris, he becomes a lot more useful because I, I see them going small ball five with him a ton. We saw it working uh, through that, that certain part of the season where they, they were kind of having the real spacing issues before they moved Jimmy to the four. The way they got around it was they PJ was shooting really well. They spaced out in both corners uh, and they kind of got away with it. And Deadman kind of provided a big body off the bench that let's just say in a scenario, not just because of what we saw tonight, but Omer's not rotation ready and he's definitely not playoff ready at this stage that uh, they're definitely much more comfortable in small ball five. So in any scenario, let's just say maybe Deadman goes out as well. I think Keith is, is definitely the next guy up. Yeah, I, I just think so. yeah. I, I got to sneak something in here. It is absolutely BS that the Heat only are going to have like 36 hours to prepare for their first round opponent. That is absolute crap. Steve uh, Jones Jr. Uh, of the Dunker Spot podcast, uh, you know, worked for organizations in the past, had a great thread on Twitter today talking about how he was prepping for multiple teams mm. and the juggling that took place for him to do that while with the Memphis Grizzlies. And, um, to think that the Heat are not going to know who they play like that, that's a disadvantage to the top seeds. And I think that that's some BS that they have to work out differently. Well, I, I don't know I, how I, you do. But. Well, I, I think so. I mean, I think what they're trying to avoid is the back-to-backs for the play-in teams. But my whole thing is this. The play-in teams deserve to have back-to-backs. They didn't play well enough to make the playoffs. Like, what? why are you punishing the one seed? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know they'll say, okay, that on Friday, you're going to have a team that's going to have to travel on Saturday. I get that they, they couldn't move the games to Monday because they want, they want, honestly, they want the Easter Sunday audience. Okay. So they, they weren't going to move any of the game ones off of that Sunday. I get it. They got to figure out a way to have the final game end on Thursday. That that's, that's the way to do it. And you give them two days off, but to do that, I mean, you really have three games that have to be played, right? You've got the, you got a Tuesday game, a Wednesday game and a Thursday game to which I say this, why not put them all in the same city? Why not? Why not have it? it? I mean, if you want to create something, OK, because honestly, none of the teams, like I said, none of these teams deserve like once you get past the top six teams in the conference, like you're not a championship contender. OK, I know Nets fans, whatever the net. I'm sorry, the three Nets fans that exist would say differently, but you're not a, you're not a championship contender. So, like, why are you being catered to by the league? I mean, throw them in a tournament. Like, have them all go to Orlando for three Minnesota days. Minnesota is 11 games above 500 and has to fight for their playoff lives against teams that are 11 games below 500. Right. Like, that's a potential Well, thing. that would be like, the argument against what I'm saying because that argument would be, well, Minnesota should at least get a home game out of it. I, I understand that, I guess. But I think, why not do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? I mean, if you're the 9-10 teams, like... Okay, and, and let's say this. Let's say you're this you're this you're the seven, okay, that loses to the eight. Okay, and then you've got to play so that that last game should be played on Thursday, not not on not on Friday. I think that's to me, that's the thing. You move it up 24 hours, at least the heat, and on the other side of the bracket, the Suns, who've been the best team in the league by far, okay, should they shouldn't have just you know one day to prepare potentially for what the, you know, Paul George and, and, uh, and that group, you know, th that's not fair either. Okay. So I, I think that the change that needs to be made is 
make sure that that last play on play in game is played on Thursday. I mean, th- there were people actually saying, well, the heat could open Saturday. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. Okay. You got, I mean, the heat are going to open with not knowing who their opponent is until, until the day after. Um, and the other tweak is if, if you're certain games behind, like to yeah. Greg's point, you should not be in a play in. Like there should be a certain right. limit of games that like you, that, four or five. No it cancels it, Brady. You're right. totally right. Like in the West, I feel like the they're not going to do that. It's money, though. It stinks because in the East, it's viable because you have 10 teams with 43 mm-hmm. wins or more. You used to be right. able to win. You used to be able to get in as an eight seed in the East, 42 and 40. Like yeah. the Heat did that and they played the Bulls with Timmy Hardaway. Well, in, there were like, 20 straight years, guys, that the eight seed in the East had a worse record than the eight seed in the West. And actually, uh, it could play out that way this year, potentially. If if Charlotte ends up pushing up, they could actually have a worse record, I think, than whoever finishes eight in the West. But but here's the thing. They created this system uh, in part to make sure that certain teams would never make the playoff, never miss the playoffs, and somehow the Los Angeles Lakers missed anyway uh, in the weakest West, right? In the weakest West we've pretty much ever seen, okay? Since you go back to the Jordan days where the bottom of the West was never great, um, it's, it's remarkable that they missed, uh, but they just need to push up the last game to Thursday. I, I think if they do that, if the heat had two full days to prepare, it would feel different because then Friday could be the heavy prep day. And then Saturday could kind of be the review day and the rest day. I'm with you, Brady, in this sense. I don't think there's going to be a whole bunch of prep going on. I think Wednesday is going to, he's going to let them sit for two days. Wednesday is going to come back and he's going to give them the practice from hell on Wednesday. That tends to be what they do. They will, they will break their bodies down on Wednesday to have another day like that on Thursday, kind of chill on Friday a little bit waiting for the opponent. And then on Friday, on Saturday, uh, if you go by their pattern Saturday, they'll come in and just do heavy film work on whoever it is they're going to play. And most likely if it's not the nets, if it's the Nets, it's probably going to be the Sunday three o'clock game. If it's not the Nets, I would anticipate they'll probably open at seven thirty against the Hawks. That's what I'm guessing. If it's against Charlotte, it'll be on at one thirty a.m. Again, like I said on on Peacock. All right, everybody have a good day, <laughs> good night. Um, uh, Miami Heat finished fifty three and twenty nine this season, exceeding all expectations. Tyler Hero is your sixth man of the year. Uh, for sure, Bam Adebayo will get snubbed in uh, Defensive Player of the Year, but he was certainly worthy. Jimmy Butler had a great season, um, and Kyle Lowry did what he was expected to do, and plus a lot of other guys like Max Struess and Caleb Martin stepped up. So some good things happen. We'll have plenty of podcasts for you all week. Check out our sponsors, Eric Rubenstein, 954-829-ERIC. If you need a personal injury attorney, watercleanupflorida.com, and, of course, prizepicks.com. Use the code 5. Have a good night.